keep, keep a picture of this church family. This is community on mission. Pretty cool. Thank you. <laughs> I am Pastor Janine Smith, and I oversee the adult ministries. We're in the midst of a series called Homecoming, where we're learning about the commitments we've already made as a church family. And right now we're doing, we're talking about the three essentials that we believe every church believer needs to have as a priority in their life. And so last week, Pastor Jeff talked about worshiping in unity. And then next week, Pastor Chuck Hunt will talk about how to serve in God's mission. And today I have the privilege of growing in grace-filled community. That's what we're talking about today. And before we dive into scripture, I want to talk a little bit about definitions and some tips uh, to have in the back of your mind as you're listening to the sermon. So definitions, community, we're going to define as a group of people with a common shared unifier, something that brings them together. That's community. And we might have community in places where we live or work or play, we find community in a lot of places. And usually community that's really meaningful to us does one of two things. Either we have, along with some shared bond, for instance, these musicians have a shared bond in loving music, right? But also something that takes it deeper is they have a purpose. So together their purpose, whether today to lead us in worship or to bring um, music out into the community into underserved areas, that purpose bonds them together. Another way that community is bonded together is through an understanding that we need each other. And that particularly happens when the tragedy strikes and you see a neighborhood rally together and they understand we need each other. In communities where there's purpose or we know we need each other, then they're really meaningful. And I want you to know you're going to have some of those communities in your life and they're not Christian. There may be other believers there with you, but the group itself, the shared unity is not gonna be on Jesus. And that not only is okay, but it's good. God actually calls us to be in community with non-believers. That's the rich space where we can share the good news of Jesus Christ. So we should have that. But for today, what I'm talking about is Christ-centered communities, the Christian community, which we are also called to have. God requires that we have other believers in our life walking together. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Also, along with that, we're going to be looking at Acts 2. In Acts 2, you're going to see this idealized community. And I want you to know it's an idealized community because the temptation will be when you hear these, this is that you're going to evaluate. If you're in a Christian community already, you're going to evaluate and say, do I, does my community do this? And then if it doesn't, the temptation is to walk away, show your community the door. And I'll tell you throughout scripture, it's pretty clear that that's the exception the common place is to stay put with your communities, to wrestle together. That's why it says throughout here, forgive one another, be patient with one another, over and over in the New Testament, that we're to love one another, because it's work, it's hard. There's no promise that you're not gonna be disappointed by your community. And so rather than thinking, does my community do this? Am I in or out? For almost all of us, the question is really, am I in a Christian community? And if not, 
we want to help you after the service get in a Christian community. And also, if you are already in a Christian community, how can you be a part of making it more beautiful and more God-honoring in the way God designed it to be invested? So that Christian community, while we have this shared common unity in following Jesus, what's some things we're going to look for in that? And we're really, as followers of Jesus, we're going to look at the, the Great Commission at the end of Matthew where he tells us that we are called to make disciples as we are going to all people and then until he comes back, so all generations. So you're going to expect in your Christian communities that type of discipleship. You're gonna expect a Christian community is a place where you're discipled while you disciple others. A place where you're discipled while you disciple others. The other thing for looking for what does a Christian community look like is to look at what Jesus called the two great commandments that all, he says all the other things that you're called to do kind of are summed up right here in Luke and it's to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love others. So the Christian community is gonna be the place where you're loved while learning to love others. The place where you're loved while learning to love others. So those are the things you're looking for in the community. Discipleship and love and how to do that. That's what the Christian community is about. Last thing, in addition to not idealizing what you're about to hear today, I don't want you to settle. I don't want you to do what my son has done for the last year with his bed. He has settled. Let me tell you how. In the pandemic, we were gifted, um, our, the kids' grandparents gave us one of their mattresses they didn't need anymore. So like most family, there's a shuffling down. My daughter got a better mattress. She gave her mattress to um, her younger but not smaller brother. He finally got to move out of the, bu the bunk beds into his own good-sized bed. But when my daughter picked that mattress, Originally, she really likes a firm mattress and we didn't spend a lot of money on it. So honestly, it wasn't a very good mattress. And every time for the last year, I've been laying down at night, saying prayers with him, chatting with him. I'm always thinking, sometimes I can feel a spring or something's not right. And so I keep saying to him, buddy, should we get you a better mattress? We can buy a foam top. And he's always like, it's okay. Now I don't want to throw away money, so I haven't upgraded the bed just because, but I've really felt like he needs an upgrade. This summer, we go to visit his grandparents and they have uh, foam toppers on their beds and they're so nice. And my son loved the foam topper. So I'm like, that's it. I bought the foam topper, came in Amazon, we laid it out, it filled up with air. We put it, you know, we put it down, we fitted the sheets, the nice blanket. He laid down in his bed and he was like, you just saw his body relax. Just this sense of, ah. Oh. And he says, mom, this is living. <laughs> He's captured living at, at 12. Mom, this is living. And I'm like, bud, why didn't you let me buy you the better foam top this whole year? He said, I guess I just didn't know. I didn't know better. I want you to know better about the Christian community. I want you to know there's a goal to reach for. I don't want you to settle. I want you to engage in making your communities better. They're meant to be a place where you can rest and be supported and say, man, this is living. So we're going to look at the word of God, Acts chapter 2. I've chosen the bookend section. So if you're able to, please stand for the reading of God's word. 
When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in their own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamanites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Jerusalem, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. And farther down, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who need, had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Yes, amen. All right. So as we're looking at Acts 2, we're looking for what are the marks of the Christian community, a Christ-centered community. And the very first thing that we see, that I see, is the presence of God is there. Now we, we know when we're looking at this scripture that when it says there's a sound like a wind coming, an Old Testament scholar will tell you that the Old Testament words for wind and breath were also the words for spirit. And when it says what seemed to be fire, an Old Testament scholar will remind us all of the story of Moses in the burning bush and how fire that's not burning represents the spirit of God. So here with this wind and this fire, we know that the spirit of God is there in a unique way. And then it tells us in verse four, they're all filled with the Holy Spirit. So we see that the presence of God is there. And there's whole sermon series and books that one would do about the presence of God. But I wanna point out one key detail here. These followers of Jesus, let me remind you, they, they had walked with Jesus before he died. They watched him crucified, died. They were, he was buried. They suffered the great loss and confusion and fear of, oh no, where is our leader? And then they saw him raised and they walked with him for 40 days. And then he said to them, wait, stay here. I've got something for you. But this is wait in a city that 
killed Jesus, wait here in a fearful place and be together. They were really scared. Probably everything they wanted to do was leave, go home, run and hide. But you know what they were? They were obedient. So if you're asking yourself about the presence of God, one way is obedience. When the people of God have their hearts turned towards being obedient, the presence of God shows up. So we see the presence of God is in communities. The next thing we see, often when we're asking, what, what did God make happen? And, and people will focus in right there on, um, uh, let's see, verse 6, where they're each speaking and they're able to be heard in one another's tongues. That's good, but I don't want you to miss all the way down at verse 11. What were they speaking? And they were speaking, declaring the wonders of God in our, in our own tongue. They're declaring the wonders of God. So the next thing that I see in a Christ-centered community is praise. The praise of God is what, what we would expect and what we want. And not just praise in singing, but praise with our, with our mouths and our language, praise with our deeds. The praise of God is central to every Christian community. And then what does God do with the praise of God? Power. He brings power. Now, we're not going to expect this exact miracle to happen in our own lives in Christian communities, but we should expect, we should expect miracles. And in fact, we have them, and oftentimes we blow them off with coincidence, but we have miracles, and so we should expect the power of God um, to show up. And in this case, what did the power of God do? The power of God took praise and made it transferable in a language, in a way that others could understand. And when that happened, that ability to cross that boundary from one language to another, we didn't read the fullness of this passage. You can do it later today. But basically people were, what's going on? They were confused, they were amazed, they asked questions, they were skeptical, they heard it explained to them and they realized this is the spirit of God. This is Jesus in a new way doing something. And they said, what are we supposed to do? And the leader said, repent, believe, repent and baptize, turn yourself towards Jesus. And they did. And that is what birthed the first new community. So when you see the power of God here, the power of God to do two specific things, cross barriers and save lives. And we should expect those in our Christian communities. Well, not this exact miracle, we should expect those two things. So when we have the praise of God, it will cross bar with, along with the power of God, we cross barriers and, say, and God is able to save lives. So we see those three things. And then if we go down to the end, it's the priorities. And that's what I wanted to focus on today, the priorities of the Christian community down in verse 42 through 47. And so we see five things. And no surprise here, I've said a lot of P words, right? Praise, power, presence. So I, those came naturally to me. And I thought, you know what, God, you're, maybe people need an alliteration today. I don't always do an alliteration for a sermon, but so you're going to get a bunch more P words. So the first thing I see in this, this dream community that we're going for is this togetherness. 
both, it's in the very beginning of the book, uh, I mean in the chapter, chapter one, it says together, but then in this section, together, 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 they met together, they ate together, they were together. This word fellowship, this koinonia, that's about being together. It even says in verse 47, they're enjoying the favor of all the people, again, together. They've got to be together. So the first thing that we need as a priority for our Christian communities is proximity. We should expect that we should be close to one another. And here in this passage, it talks about it being every day, daily. You may feel like that's not possible, but I'll tell you, if it's only once a month, and if it's not even once a month, that is not enough. And so the key word here with proximity for you to grow in that in your Christian communities really is to say no. It's, we have so many good things, but often good things are the enemy of the best things. So you've got to look at your calendar and you've got to say no to some things in order to prioritize being with the body of Christ. And if you're a parent, you have to ruthlessly do this on behalf of your kids. Say no to some good things so that they can be involved in a Christian community, which is the best Now the next thing I see, right there in verse 42, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. Now if you devote yourself to teaching, that means you're a learner and you need to be a learner. in, In the Christian community, we need to be expectant that we're always growing always learning. Every time we come to the word, we should expect that the word is active and alive. God's going to use it. We're going to keep growing. We're going to keep growing together. We're going to learn from other believers, both about the scripture and about the way God has called them to live in, in this world that grows us. So we need to take a posture of learning, or in this case, being a persistent learner. That's the, um, another thing that we need to do. And we should And if you're looking for a word here to help you be a better learner, is to be curious. Be expectant as you're looking at scripture or meeting with other believers. God, what are you doing? Be curious. Look for it. The next thing I see in verses 44 and 45, I see this love that provides It says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give anyone who had need. Okay, so this this is not communism, if you're wondering what's going on here. This isn't the state taking their stuff and dispersing it how they see. This is believers learning about the needs of others and then generously giving as God prompts. And we should expect to see that. We should see a love that takes care of one another and not just with our money, although that's important, but also with our time, with our networks. We see that in the story of the Good Samaritan. That's how we're called to love. And we can only do that if we're close to one another, proximate, and if we're learning what one another's needs are. Now these first three, being proximate, persistent learner, doing a love that provides for others, you may find those three in other communities. The next two you're, are unique to Christian communities, but we need these three 
in the Christian community. They are the necessary ingredients. Think of it, you cannot be discipled without being a persistent learner. You cannot be discipled without being close to someone else. You can't learn how to love other people without, this is, this is the very much the practical love needs to learning and proximity. And so these three are essential for love and discipleship to thrive in the Christian community. The next one I see is prayer, right there in verse 42. They're devoted to prayer. And uniquely what I wanna call us to is, well, there are many ways to pray and some of them are private between us and God, that there is a beauty when we're praying with other people. And the word I wanna give you with prayer here is to pray boldly. I invite you to pray with other believers and pray for the thing that you long to have to see God bring about without shyness. God is big enough to answer that. Sometimes it's a yes, sometimes it's a no, but the scripture tells us to pray boldly for what we need. I also wanna tell you boldness in prayer in asking. It takes a little bit of guts to ask someone, hey, I'm in need, will you pray for me? It also takes a little gut sometimes for some, with, when you're with someone else to say, can I pray for you? So I want you to step out in a limb and be bold in your prayers. The last thing I see, the bookend of this chapter two in verse 47, praising God. This community prioritizes praising God. We see it again. And what we know about praising God is it leads to the power of God to cross barriers and to save lives. This is an essential piece of what it means for them to come together. So these are the five priorities that all Christian communities should have, being prox close proximity, persistent learning, a love that provides prayer and praising. That's what we need. And so today I've asked two gentlemen, Terry and Ben, come on up guys. I've asked these two gentlemen um, to join me up on stage because I wanted you to hear from them. I wanted you to have an opportunity to hear the true life witness of how they've been in Christian community here at Lake Avenue Church. Now, you notice it's two men. Believe me when I tell you, women's ministry is thriving here at Lake Avenue Church. I just got an email this week about good things happening in our um, single mother support group, but also starting every year, September through May, we literally have hundreds of women in Bible studies and support. So check, we'll, you'll have an opportunity to check that out after the service. Women's ministry is thriving. But guys, we have Ben Byer here, Lake Avenue family. Good yes. morning. <laughs> And we have Terry Sheffield. Morning. <laughs> and I've asked these guys to think through um, this idea of love and discipleship in their Christian community. So Terry, will you kick it off for us and will you tell us how you've been loved or discipled here in Christian community at Lake Avenue? Yes, thank you, Pastor Janine. Um, I hope to affirm what Chuck said and that is that uh, we grow in places other than simply here. Uh, when I retired from the military after 30 years of service, I came to the realization that my spiritual journey had stalled. I simply was not growing in my faith or obedience to the word. But as many of us know, timing in life is everything. 
I was introduced to Bible Study Fellowship by a close personal friend and fellow believer. Now briefly, the mission of Bible Study Fellowship is global in-depth Bible classes for men and women producing personal commitment to Christ, His Word, and His Church. And the vision of BSF, which fit very well to my needs, is to magnify God and mature His people. The process of BSF is a fourfold approach, but the most important element of that to me is the weekly discussion group with your group leader. This is 10 or 15 men where we get together. They provided me with a clear choice, and that was to proclaim, seek and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Over 15 years ago, I made that decision, and frankly, I haven't looked back. Uh, and then finally, BSF also made it abundantly clear to me that Jesus matures each of us, but one step at a time. Mm -hmm. okay. Thank you. Yeah. And <laughs> um, Ben, same for you. How have you been loved or discipled here in the community? Yeah. Um, so for me, in, in thinking about that, um, the word invitation came to mind. and. I know I always feel loved when I receive an invitation and, and it means, you know, I'm missed or I'm being thought of and, and most importantly, I'm being welcomed into something. Um, and so I think it was about six years ago, um, I was invited to start serving with the fourth and fifth grade ministry here at Lake, um, the youth group, as just a, a volunteer leader. Um, and. Yeah, it's, it's been six years, so now I'm, I'm with the high school ministry now. Um, and in that time, there have been a lot of invitations. There have been invitations, um, you know, hey, Ben, do you want to lead uh, announcements? Do you want to lead a game or uh, go to summer camp? Then um, the list goes on. And so in all of those invitations, um, there has been an opportunity to grow uh, for myself and um, as a person and in my own walk with God. Because um, believe me, when, when you're working with, with youth, they ask some great questions um, that will really challenge you and, and make you think. And, um, and so along with invitation, um, it's been a gift. A lot of that has been um, a gift, like the growth that I've experienced from um, that first invitation to serve. And, um, and you know, another part of that is the community of like the, the pastors who are leading those ministries, the other volunteers, we're all uh, in it together. And, and it's, it's gone from not just serving, but doing life together. So it extends beyond just Sunday mornings now. And a lot of those um, friendships uh, are ones that, you know, we'll check in during the week and see how, how each other is doing and, and supporting each other. And, um, that has been really, uh, really impactful uh, for me. Cool. And uh, we'll hold and applaud. You can applause them at the end. <laughs> we won't get through. <laughs> um, Terry, where, uh, tell us a little bit about how you've learned to disciple or love others. Well, first of all, Men's BSF is a unique fellowship uh, where bonds of trust are built and where we're able to share, then share our deepest concerns we are constantly reminded to respect 
backgrounds, viewpoints, and confidentiality. And believe me, for a military guy, that was a big thing. <laughs> the growth we experience as we seek to unite his people around the study and discussions of God, discussion of God's word in our, in our small groups is simply remarkable. And I'd like to make four quick points that shows how, my, how I love others has changed. How I love others has changed, excuse mm -hmm. me. First and perhaps foremost, I finally understand that it is God who equips us with his grace and power, not mine. I, un I understand that humility is a virtue. It simply wasn't one of mine. Second, investing in people has eternal value. And the BSF class develops a culture of discipleship. This is what mm -hmm. you talked about. Yeah. By shepherding our class, we stimulate others to grow in the love of Christ. Thirdly, the local church is key to Bible study fellowship, as our goal is to equip and train spiritual leaders to serve God, not only in the culture, but also in the local church. And let me add, uh, Janine, that we are uh, most thankful for the support of Men's BSF here at Lake Avenue Church. Finally, we are encouraged to pray for each other daily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is a most important spiritual practice that frankly was lacking in my life and therefore limited my growth. Mm -hmm. Praise God for the community both in Bible study fellowship and here at Lake Avenue Church. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And <laughs> we can't help but clap, right? It's so good. Ben, same question for you. Um, I'll go back to when I was a freshman in high school, going into high school. Um, my, my peers, uh, we, we, uh, as we were going to high school, we got a, a new leader. Um, so Andy, if you're listening, shout out to you. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, he stayed with us, with our group, for all four years um, as our leader. And he hosted uh, you know, stuff at his house. He would be there on Sundays. And you know, in high school, it was the kind of thing where, thinking back, you can, you can be having a great day and it can go to a bad day just like that. And I, uh, I know like that still happens. And as I've gotten older, I feel like it's more seasons that are good and then seasons of uncertainty, of, of difficulty. But in high school, it just, it's back and forth. And so knowing that on Sunday, um, I would be going to a place where I would be, um, I was known where I was, uh, where I could be heard and where there was someone there who could really speak truth um, into my life, that, that made a big difference um, for me. And, and that truth was ultimately when you, when you boil it all down, it's, it's that God loves you. That was, that was the message um, to me from my small group leader, my pastors, uh, my peers. Um, and so now for me, uh, the word consistency and just being consistent. And I know like in, in, the, in the passage, it said every day they met in the mm -hmm. temple courts and there's something to be said for that. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't do it perfectly. I, you know, I miss days for sure, but trying to be con a consistent presence in the lives of um, these kids, these students, um, not just be uh, present, but be like a, an active listener, be a participant with them in what they're going through. Um, and ultimately, the, the goal is for them to know that, like, at, at its core, at, at 
the core of what this community is is that, hey, God loves you. And being able to show that through consistent time spent with them, through just, just listening, just, just, just showing up almost, um, that makes a big difference and, and has been a way that I have seen um, God's love to really work and his, his, the power of his Holy Spirit to really work in the youth group. Um, yeah. Cool. All right, let's applause them. <laughs> and actually, guys, I'm going to let you go ahead and come on down. We're gonna, I'm inviting the worship le- uh, leaders to come on up. And I have one last little thought for you today. Um, I, my husband asked me this morning, he said, uh, what are you looking forward to? Are you excited for your sermon? And I said, yes, <laughs> I'm excited for them to meet these two guys. So um, thank you. Uh, Ben and Terry very much for sharing about Christian community. The last thought I'd like to give about the Christian community is when this time, when this happened on Pentecost, when the, the, the presence of God was there, the praise of God was there, the power of God was there, the people came to know the Lord. It says a little notation. It says 3,000 people came to know the Lord. And something about scripture that you should know is that numbers mean something and they link with other numbers. And what struck me is when, th- when we praised God, when the people came together and praised God, 3,000 people came to know the Lord. Well, in an Old Testament story, when their leader went to the top of the hill and they were left, the people of God gathered and instead of praising God, they praised an idol. They worshiped an idol and what happened? 3,000 people died, same number. When we worship God, people our lives are changed. When we worship idols, people die. It's that important. The that our communities be communities of praise. It literally changes lives. So we have another opportunity to praise God this morning. Thank you. Church, let's stand together. And I just wanna take a moment to give testimony to to what Janine just said about the worship of God. Back when I was in college, a a group of of us went to a a camp as the college ministry youth group. And we went to a campground that wasn't a Christian campground. It was hosted by uh, actually a scouting uh, Boy Scouts of America. And and one of the guys that was there as the the representative and leader of that, that campground was not a Christian at all. And, and yet he was in charge of sort of hosting us and being around us for this week that we were there. And it was literally and specifically the moments that he was beside us watching from a distance and watching, watching the worship of, of this group of Christians and our interactions together beyond just singing, but, but worship that involved our relationship and our connection to each other and the investment that he saw us making into each other's lives. It was that 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 drew him to give his life to Christ that week that we were there. It was amazing. It was one of the the, um, most powerful times that I saw somebody 
affected by community step into faith because of the community that he saw. And so I, I just want to affirm that our, our worship and our worship that is beyond just singing, worship that is lives lived together can draw others to deeper relationship with him. And so we come now to declare that we love the Lord, we declare our love for him, declare that he's changing our lives, amen? He's changing our lives. So he's just gonna lead us. Things have passed away. Your love has stayed the same. You walk
Okay, church family, before I send you out, we do have someone leaving our community today. And if you know them, I want you to, uh, there they are. Mary and Wendell, wave. Mary has been here for 60 years at Lake Avenue Church. Wendell, how long have you been here? 50? Five, you've been with them. <laughs> they, are le- they are moving to go be near their children and grandchildren, so wish them well today. If you know them, they've been key leaders here at Lake. Yes. Um, I want to help you have Christian community, and there's uh, one really great way that we have coming up. Pastor Annie and I are partnering. As you know, we're in a series on on our homecoming. In August, we're going to do four weeks on our core values, which is our evangelistic community, our God-glorifying community, our kingdom community, and our uh, reconciling community. After each sermon, you come to the sermon, then at 11.30 to 12.30 here at Lake in the Sky Room, we're going to give you the opportunity to be in a small group and discuss that sermon with questions that we'll provide. If you're someone that needs to go home, um, or if you're already at home and you want to participate in this, we're doing the same thing on Zoom on Sunday evenings at 7 p.m. So you can uh, learn more about that. And then today in our lobby, we have women's ministry, men's ministry, our one-on-one discipleship. If you haven't taken advantage of that, that's a great thing. If you're a leader serving in a lot of places, but you want help with someone investing in you, or you're feeling kind of shy about larger groups, or if you are, the, the schedule doesn't, doesn't line up, one-on-one discipleship's really great. We also have small groups, adult classes out in the lobby, and uh, our college and young adult community in the lobby. And there's one more thing in the lobby today. There's the worship and arts because that is a community, but also a place to serve, right? I mean, are you guys not like also a community while you're serving? You become close to one another as you serve together. And that's partially why I asked Ben to be one of our people to learn from today because he's found community while serving. So that's out in the lobby. And then again, next weekend, they'll be serving in our community. I did want to bring up one little thing. I have had over the last year, just here and there, a unique group that I think wants community and is having a hard time finding it, and it's parents of children with disabilities. And so if that is you, you can send me an email, and I will, I'm going to personally work to put you guys together. So if there's a parent with a child of disability and you want that support, I'm going to help do that community together. So today, for prayer, prayer will be up front, and I want you to be bold about it. Be bold to come up and ask for prayer. Be bold if you haven't asked Jesus into your life yet. If you want to know more about what that looks like, these prayer counselors are equipped to walk you through that. So come up for prayer down here. And we do have one more song of praise that we'll be praying 
that we'll be participating in, I wanna give you the benediction and then we'll just end with praise. So put your hands out to receive. May you, may you come to know the Jesus that changes lives. May you come to know a community that you can be at home in and grow in. And may you find favor and wisdom to grow and welcome others there. In Jesus' name, amen.
don't see it, you're working Even when I don't feel it, you're working You never stop, you never stop working You never stop, you never stop working Even when I don't see it, you're working Even when I don't feel it, you're working You never stop, you never stop working You never stop, you never stop working Even when I don't feel it, you're working even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. That is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise Light in the darkness, my God, that is that who you are. Light in the darkness, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness.